Hey everyone, welcome to the Green Chair Conversation Podcast. This is the open, honest, authentic space for us to have dialogue together on life through the lens of faith. It's a space to listen, to grow, to be encouraged, and maybe even challenged as we navigate life together. I'm Pastor Jessica Morris, and I'm excited to welcome you to today's conversation. Welcome to our Green Chair Conversations Lent series. Today we have Father John Sewell. Father John is a recently retired Episcopal priest. He spent 16 years as rector of St. John's Episcopal Church here in Memphis, Tennessee. His wisdom, education, and wealth of knowledge enlightens and rejuvenates our perspective. In this episode, Father John educates, challenges, and inspires us to incorporate reflection and intentionality, not only into this Lenten season, but also in our lives as well. So let's get to it and meet Father John in the green chair. Father John. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for being with us in the green chair. Well, thank you for inviting me. This is a huge honor. So first of all, I feel like it's been a while since I've seen you, almost a little over a year now. Yes, it has. And That's you were right. here for our Ash Wednesday service. I was, and I was honored to be asked to preach at that. Yes, that was wonderful. And our people loved hearing from that. It was just a really, really great service. Thank you. I, I really had a good time. You know, it's the first time I'd ever seen myself preach. Oh, wow. Uh, all my, I mean, I'm, I've been at this almost 40 years. Yeah. And for some reason, it was never, it had never has been taped before like that. And yeah. so I, I was, it was amazing. I had never seen that before and I was not, I was not unhappy with it. You know? <laughs> it was great. It was fantastic. I mean, You're here because it was fantastic because I wanted to <laughs> kind of talk a little bit about some of the points you made and, and yes, how you please. discussed. Yes, please. Absolutely. But before we do, I want to, I want us to kind of get to know you a okay. little bit better. So you are recently a retired priest. I have been retired. It will be three years. Okay. Well, it is three years. Okay. At the uh, at the end of January, first of February. Okay. It was my third anniversary of retired. Okay. And uh, it's been a very it's been a very interesting uh, experience, and I now have a much more I think insight <laughs> into how disruptive mm. this is. I have come to think of my of lives being lived in threes. Okay. And therefore, I call my my outfit Act Three. I like that. And Act One is when you're getting ready, you're learning, and you're getting ready to figure out how to be on the stage and so forth and so on. And then you settle on the thing that you're going to do, and then you uh, do it vigorously for Act Two, and then you get to Act Three, and it's over. It's all over. Hmm. I have preached. That's the last time I've preached. Oh wow! And this is a lot, and this is the first time since that day yeah. that I've worn a collar. Wow. Well, I do feel like the world got a little crazy after. I feel like when we were having this conversation and preparing for this interview, <laughs> I was like, I think that was the last normal event I had been to uh, before the Memphis well, shutdown. Well, it really did come right after that. It really was, and so it kind of it feels very nostalgic with you being here today. <laughs> I'm like, maybe we can set it right <laughs> by you. Well, I, you know, I hope to. I, we haven't gotten the COVID shots yet, but I hope yeah. to, Yeah. you know, I hope that 
uh, to get them soon when yes. now in the right age range. So. <laughs> Uh, so what we're doing during this uh, series, we're doing a Lent series with Green Chair, and what we're doing through the series is just to talk about Lent, to talk about, and then prayer specifically. Mm -hmm. um, but I would love for your perspective on, um, and what we're also doing is we're engaging questions with mm -hmm. our congregation. So as you know, uh, we have just recently been really leaning into this Lent season with, with our congregation, and it has been so, so amazing and so rich. And so I am yes. all about the wisdom and the knowledge uh, of, of learning and growing and what this season can look like. But one of the questions from our people was, what is Lent and how did it get started? Well, Lent, the word Lent, comes from a Celtic word for spring. Hmm. Everywhere else it's called something else. Like the, uh, but in, in, in English-speaking places it's called Lent because of, it's in, it falls into spring. Um, it began as... Um, the, the church here is really a cycle that looks at the life of Jesus. And you commemorate various things and it's cunningly put together that way. Of course, obviously, the, the queen of feast is Easter. And Christmas didn't come along for a long time. Christmas was one of the last things we got in hmm. the calendar. Um, and uh, so in Lent, you were preparing to encounter the resurrection. And it's 40 days, not counting Sundays. Sundays can never be a fast day because it's the day of resurrection. Hmm. So even if you say, I'm, not, I'm going to fast and Lent, you know, well, you, you have a loophole actually on those Sundays, but if you want it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and so it got started, and, and it goes back, oh, third, second, third. I mean, all of this began to accrue, you know, as it go along. And uh, what happened also is that a lot of people on the say the three, fours, and five hundreds years, centuries, uh, went to Jerusalem. Hmm. And they would show up in Jerusalem about just before Easter. And they drove the people crazy, hmm. so many of them. So they began then to have services at the sites where things happened. Hmm. And so the, what we call, what's called the Stations of the Cross. Yes is a 14 points of where the, he stopped in the route to the cross. Now, that's not biblical. <laughs> it isn't in the Bible at all. But it is historic. Hmm. I mean, I, I think it's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Because the community never forgot that, mm -hmm. see? Mm -hmm. And so we are really in, we are in, uh, using uh, those events as, as uh, metaphors, I guess, as a lens to look at this, and so uh, Lent, and then Holy Week, which is the last week of Lent, is that particular time yes. uh, when you are uh, really anticipating what's coming. And uh, so, so Ash Wednesday is on, it's on, it starts on Ash Wednesday because it has to be forty days. Yes, yeah. And so, it, of course, the calendar is a lunar and a solar calendar, so it expands. Christmas is always on the 25th of December, but Easter's not on the same day. Yes. yes. It's gonna, it has about a 30-day pattern. It moves mm -hmm. back and forth. And we, like two, a couple of years ago, we had a 
Easter fell on a certain day and it won't happen again for 200 years. Hmm. It's just very... Yeah. So, um, I don't know if that's what answers yeah, no, your that's, question. Yeah, that's perfect. And you, you also said, um, I thought this was interesting, you said it's important to think about Lent, but it's most important to land in Easter. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's the whole point of Lent is, is this preparation, is this time and to... And then you encounter the risen Jesus. Yes. In all kinds of ways. Yeah. Uh, so you have this quote from Alan Watts. Yeah. That's a good quote. This quote is something that has meant an enormous amount to me over the last, oh, I don't know, t 10 years at least, mm -hmm. 15 years close. And in it, Alan Watts was, uh, is a very famous, <laughs> as a Zen Buddhist, actually. But he was, before that, an Episcopal priest. <laughs> and his early writings are addressing the church. And I came across this book called Behold the Spirit, a study in the necessity of mystical experience. Hmm. And what he said that grabbed me was this. What people want is to experience God directly. And he went on to say, and if the church does not deal with this, it will degenerate into a political ideology on the left and a mindless fundamentalism on the right. Hmm. And he wrote that in 1949. That's so wild. If you remember, the 50s was a heyday of the church in this country. Nobody would have believed that. But there it is. And yeah. that just, it, it just solidified what I had been moving toward, I think, for many years mm. is that the only reason the church exists is for people to encounter God directly. That's good. And so you have this, um, you had this, and I, I believe you said it came from a, a book as well, but you have a uh, illustration that you used at Ash Wednesday. And I still <laughs> think about this illustration. It really was very powerful to me. Um, you had this illustration of Lent is almost as though we're pulling out the drawers and emptying it out and Everything then deciding. the floor. Yeah, so explain that. I love that. Well, uh, I got that from um, a book called To Dance with God. And it's a book written by uh, a Roman Catholic psychologist who talks, and in it she just talks about all kinds of ways that you can uh, use the calendar of the church year to teach and to form and so forth. And, uh, oh, it's a splendid book. And I, it's not old now, but uh, and I have been with her a couple of times when she was speaking. She's very, very good. But um, she says that Lent is like emptying the drawers mm. uh, of your cat, of your cabinets and your tr dresser into the floor, and then you sort of look at that and decide what sh should go back in and what could go back in and what mustn't go mm. back in. Hmm. So, so practically speaking, then for our people and and for us listening, those of us listening, uh, what would, how how would we empty our drawers, so to speak? Mm -hmm. How would we go about doing that, and how would we go about do, deciding what goes back into those those drawers? Well, I I believe that we the most essential thing about one's faith and the most essential piece to begin a, a life of 
considered and conscious practice is to be honest with ourselves. Hmm. And that's one of the hardest things. You know, it just is. And we have a great capacity for deceiving ourselves into thinking that, oh, that didn't really matter, or I, you know, I, I'm whatever, you know. I, I don't have time for that, you know, whatever that means. So you have, I, I learned a long time ago that I had to be honest to my, in myself, to, uh, you know, that, I, I mean, for, I remember uh, in college deciding when, I decided that I, after I'd had this amazing re- religious experience when I was a sophomore, a long time ago, that that I was going to I was going to I was going to give up lying hmm. as a strategy for life. Now I was really good at it. My mother taught me actually how to do that very well. Since she's deceased, I, it won't matter if I say this out loud. But the thing was that when she asked you if you'd done something wrong, if you admitted it, then the punishment was, you know, out the window. And so I learned over, as a child that it was better to take your chances. That's not what she intended to teach. Yeah, yeah. But it was what I learned. And so I began to do that. I won't say that I don't lie. But it's not real common in my life now. It's taken me a long time, you know, just to suck it up and tell the truth, you know. And it has not made me popular, to be honest. It's almost like self-reflection, and that's why it's it's almost taking the emptying out these drawers is almost like saying, okay, I need to take time. And I think there's there's a piece of layer in that. that Oh boy, we gotta have time. Uh, I gotta take time to to evaluate myself, to, to offer reflection to where am I really and how am I really doing? Like very, very honestly, I, I appreciate you challenging us on that. Well, and in the tradition, in the Christian tradition, there's an ancient tradition that actually began in Ireland, I think, but of having spiritual friends. Um, in, in the old days, it was called spiritual directors, but that term has been abandoned mostly. Um, and that's simply to have someone that you can trust and you can tell them anything and they don't leak. Mm. There, that will can take us into hyperdrive, you know. Mm-hmm. I would say also one of the other discipline, another discipline of Lent, if we're kind of talking about that, yes, would yes. be uh, keeping a journal. Mm. No, I, in fact, I had someone wrote some once that they didn't believe that anyone who'd ever made a contribution to the church's teachings and stuff was not a journal keeper. Well, and I've been keeping the journal, not always, but off and on, but mostly for about the last 40 years. I have a box of them. Yeah. And my administrator at St. John's had by instructions that should something happen to me, <laughs> that that was to be destroyed. Yeah. You, know. <laughs> yeah. you know, think about that. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't want, that's not something that will benefit anyone. Because I yeah. try to, see, I try to, also, you never, you always have to write three pages. Hmm. Because you never get honest till the end of the second one. 
Hmm. That's really unique. I really like that. Okay, so another another layer to our Lenten series, we're going to be talking about prayer over the weekend, um, different ways we can be praying. W one of the things I wanted us to lean into is um, about your prayer life. Mm -hmm. um, anything unique to how you pray, how you view prayer? Is there any practice you would encourage, any practice you would challenge us? Just anything prayer related. I think I left it in my coat, but I was going to show you an what's called an Anglican rosary. Uh, it has beads. But unlike the Roman Catholic uh, rosary, which is focused on uh, the Virgin and so forth, this is, any, you could pray it any, any way you wanted to with it. Hmm. So it's got four big beads and seven in between. So I, I, my practice has been uh, to pray the Jesus prayer. Hmm. Now the Jesus prayer comes from the Russian Orthodox tradition. It was, and, and the guy, his name is the pilgrim. Nobody knows who he was, nobody knows his name. And he said that you should start by praying, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Hmm. 50,000 times a day. Now, does that, what does that do? People say, well, what's the point of that? Well, the point of that is not, to, not that we're doing it for God. The point of it is for us, to, uh, for us to find ways to calm ourselves down. Hmm. Because I believe, that, I believe that the goal of life is to calm ourselves down and grow ourselves up. Hmm. I like that. Say that one more time. That's really good. To calm ourselves down and to grow ourselves up. Hmm. And that comes out of what's called Bowen Family Systems Theory, hmm. which is one of my uh, real uh, joys. Yes. And that is a little bit of what you've been spending some of your time doing in Act hmm. 3, correct? That's two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're in the process. I'm, hopefully we'll get there. Uh, about every time I get ready to think something's happening, then it snows or it does this <laughs> or does that. But uh, I'm, I'm looking to start a podcast. Yeah, uh -huh. that would be fun. I've never done one, but I think it'd be interesting. <laughs> uh, and, and one of the things you and I were having a conversation about is just kind of offering, again, that word is not really consider spiritual director, spiritual mm -hmm. direction. We're using different ling language now. But, um, but essentially doing some of that with... with oh, yes. Yeah, with other people. When I, in my last years at St. John, I, at one point, one year, I think I was seeing about 35 people a week. Hmm. And it's about distinguishing calling, correct? It's about finding what our calling is, purposes. That and to just talk about whatever matters. That, yeah. So uh, it has a bit of a therapeutic kind of notion to it, mm -hmm. but it's more than that. The, the person who agrees to become the mentor, if you will, um, makes a commitment to God and to himself or herself that I will take delight in this person. Hmm. I'll give you an example. Years ago, one day I was walking uh, toward the Parish Life Center outside, and my cell phone rang, and I answered it. I didn't, I didn't know this person. It was a woman, and she said to me, um, would you see my son? 
And she told me how she knew of me and who had told mm -hmm. her to mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. And I, she said he's just got lots and lots of problems and so forth and so on. I said, well, I'll call him and see, you know. So I did call him. And then I said to him, your mother called and she wants me to fix you. <laughs> I've learned that over the years, if you can absolutely be outrageously truthful, that will get you somewhere. Hmm. I said, now, I'm not, I told her I couldn't do that, but I said, I'm happy to meet you. And he came to see me. Huh. And he, we talked for about an hour and a half. And he had, he had markedly been un, unwilling to see a therapist. Okay. And so toward the, about the end of that, he just burst into tears because he'd been carrying this sack of rocks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he was in his middle 20s at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I worked with him over the next few years. I don't see him much anymore, mm -hmm. but we worked a lot mm -hmm. for a period. So mm -hmm. that was kind of an unusual way, yeah. but I decided every time I would see him, I would grin. Mm -hmm. I would sometimes position myself outside on the bench so that we drove in and parked and came across toward the entrance, I would be reading, and I, would, and I of course knew he was coming, and then I would look up and grin. Because the very fact of us taking delight in someone, hmm. I believe is healing. Hmm. It's maybe even life producing. Hmm. Many people have never had anyone be delighted hmm. that they are. Hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's powerful. Uh, so, so circling back a little bit on on Lent and prayer and practices, mm -hmm. um, what would any like final encouragements? What would any reminders that you would have for us today that you just leave us with as we're in the middle of this Lenten journey? You know, uh, as we're trying to navigate this, as we're trying to uh, go about this journey, um, what what would you want to leave us with? Hmm. Prayer is simply a conversation with God. Hmm. When I was in college, I had a, a profound religious experience when I was 19. And my life has never really been the same since. And in, after that experience, I discovered that my stream of consciousness, the inner conversation in your head, I was talking to God most of the time, a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And ever so often I, a thought would come to me that I had never thought of before or whatever. And I would sometimes, uh, for example, I was in Washington at a conference. And on the first day of the conference, a voice spoke in my, my, my voice spoke to me and said, not out loud, obviously, but in my head said, today begins the third act of your life. Hmm. And that's all they said. I said nothing else. It took me three years to figure that out. Hmm. And what I learned was I'm at the end of Act Two. Hmm. And I've got hmm. to give all that up. Hmm. And so that's been sort of painful. Hmm. But, you know, you just have, God will always, God is always more interested in talking to us than we are to talk to him. And, you know, you gave, you, you had this quote that I thought was so powerful is, if we are willing, God will talk to us. 
Oh, absolutely. But, there's the but. But most of us aren't willing. Oh, that's right. And I think then for us is is trying to build in that space. You know, I mean, I think you said that, you know, God is willing to speak. And, and that's what I have so loved. And, and one of the lessons pulling from hearing you speak and even in our conversations is just how reflective you are. Uh, and how you cause us to have that self-evaluation, that reflection, that space to be still, to be quiet, yeah. and to, to be with God and to allow that space because God wants to meet us. assume that God is going to talk to you. Yes. And you yes. have to learn to, how to discern it. Yes. The texture of what, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have come to believe that when people, uh, when a thought comes to me I've never had before, that I'm aware of, Mm -hmm. Or if something comes to me that contradicts what I thought, hmm. I need to pay attention. Um, you know, those are sort of, there's, there are a few little things like that, uh, yeah. criteria, I guess, yeah. that I would, I, you know, share with people, you know, just, you've got, but you've got to learn to do that. So what are you, you're going, what are some of the Lent, well, there's a couple of things you could do for Lent. Don't turn on the radio on the way to work. <laughs> Leave it on. Mm -hmm. Most of us have a computer in our workspace. I can share some places with you, some sites there. Uh, there there's there's a, an Episcopal convent nuns that uh, they do. Uh, yes, we do have nuns <laughs> uh, who they do morning prayer and evening prayer every day. All you got to do is fire up the computer and add prayer mm -hmm. to what they're doing and. And it's a painless way to start your day hmm. in seven minutes or whatever. Yeah. So I, I had a I have a, a shtick yeah. piece, which I called praying the iPhone. <laughs> of ways that you could use the iPhone to promote your spiritual growth. Hmm. And uh, that was kind of fun. <laughs> But there are lots of resources that are available to us in, in, yes. in ways we never have had before. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so you're saying utilize those oh. in order to propel us to listen, in order and to propel us to pray. And there will be some fun stuff out of that, let me tell yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us well, in the green chair. love coming here. This is, this is such a blessing for us. Thank you, Father John. We so appreciate you being here. And that is a wrap for our Green Chair Conversation with Father John. Thank you so much for being here with us. Remember, today's conversation doesn't have to end here. I would love to connect with you and hear your thoughts about today's conversation or even topics or people you want to hear from. So please, please, please feel free to email me. Also, we would love for you to take a moment and encourage someone today by sharing this conversation with a friend. You can also watch any previous conversations at hopechurchmemphis.com GCC or on YouTube, as well as listen on any podcast apps. We love you guys, and I'll see you next week.